This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, February 21st. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Tariff tussle as Canadian and Mexican ag officials visit D.C. U.S. pork faces a tariff trigger and farm credit gets scrutiny. Canada concerned over U.S. metal tariffs. U.S. tariffs on Canadian steel and aluminum remain a troublesome issue as Canada's legislature prepares to consider ratification of that renegotiated North American Free Trade Agreement that, according to the country's ag minister, speaking with AgriPulse's Bill Thompson. Thompson caught up with Canadian ag minister Lawrence McCauley after he met Wednesday with USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue. McCauley said, yes. We're concerned about the tariffs, but we are very strong on free trade in our country. Mexico, the third partner in the newly renamed U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, also concerned about the Section 232 steel and aluminum tariffs. That's what Purdue told reporters Monday when he asked about a recent meeting with Mexican Ambassador Martha Barcina. Produce take, obviously we discussed the desire from both our parts to remove the 232 tariffs, he said. We've been talking to the president and the White House about the need to remove those. Either go to a quota system or other type of system with expectation of the USMCA being signed. USDA Outlook, focus on selling globally. Macaulay, Purdue, and their Mexican counterpart, Victor Manuel Villalobos Ambrula, will together be on stage today at the USDA's 95th Agricultural Outlook Conference as it kicks off in Arlington. The conference theme is Growing Locally, Selling Globally, and the conversation between the three ag secretaries is part of the focus on global trade. The conference will also feature presentations from a leading member of the British Parliament on food policy and a European Commission economist. On Friday, USDA economists will present their more detailed 2019 outlooks for grains and oilseeds, cotton, sugar, the livestock and poultry sectors, and for organic agriculture. Follow AgriPulse.com for reports on the meeting. Japan sets new tariff trigger that could affect U.S. pork. Japan has set a new secondary safeguard trigger on pork imports that will add protection for its domestic producers and add more tariffs that could affect U.S. product if trade volumes rise enough. That according to the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. The new trigger would apply to U.S. exports, but not to pork from countries like Canada that are members of the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, together with Japan. The new trigger also doesn't apply to European Union countries because of the EU-Japan Free Trade Agreement. America was a member of the trade pact with Japan, Canada, and nine other countries back when it was originally just called TPP. But President Trump pulled the U.S. out of the deal in 2017, a year before the agreement went into force. By the way, administration officials were quoted as saying Wednesday that Trump will be making a couple of trips to Japan in coming months to meet the country's new emperor and attend the G20 summit. On tap next week, the House Ways and Means has scheduled a hearing for next Wednesday on the U.S.-China trade dispute with U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer. FCA looking into lending to young, beginning, and small farmers. The Farm Credit Administration is looking for ways to improve its reporting on and oversight of lending to young, beginning, and small-scale farmers. Why this matters? 
The FCA has faced increased criticism in recent years from the American Bankers Association that it has overstated lending participation rates by double-counting YBS farmers. Reconciling YBS data can be challenging, FCA says in an advance notice of proposed rulemaking being published today, kicking off a 90-day comment period. Since a farmer can meet the requirements for both a young and beginning farmer, FCA said that currently the farmer's data would be separately counted and reported in both the young and beginning categories. This situation can be compounded, FCA said, because more than one institution may be participating in the financing of an individual YBS farmer, which allows each participation interest to be counted and leads to further duplication when the institution's numbers are consolidated. FCA is asking for comment on whether it should establish seven categories for reporting purposes. Young, beginning and small, but also young and small, young and beginning, beginning and small, and young, beginning and small. Keep in mind, reporting on the FCA action, the ABA Banking Journal said the ABA, quote, has long raised concerns that the farm credit system has continued to grow and has neglected the statutory responsibility to serve YBS farmers and ranchers, citing a marked decline in loans to YBS farmers in recent years. Now, separately, here's a note. There's not much time left to sign up for the Farm Bill listening session. Friday is the deadline to sign up for next Tuesday's Farm Bill listening session at USDA. That event will also be live-streamed. Corteva picks up Clearfield Canola Production System. Corteva AgriScience has bought the Clearfield Canola Production System in Canada and the U.S. from BASF. Clearfield Canola is a non-genetically modified herbicide-tolerant system. It consists of a herbicide-tolerance trait and imidazolone herbicides, which are sold today in Canada primarily under the brand Eris. The acquisition allows Corteva, which previously licensed the Clearfield Canola trait in both the Pioneer and Brevent Seed brands, to expand its position to include out-licensing of the Clearfield Canola trait to other seed companies in Canada and the United States. Corteva is the agriculture division of Dow DuPont. USDA Research Brief. Going native to get bigger. Steers who ate native warm-season grasses grew much faster than those who ate only non-native grasses. That's according to a new report from the University of Tennessee. The literature review, funded by USDA's Natural Resource Conservation Service, found average daily growth for steers grazing switchgrass during the summer was 66% higher than steers grazing tall fescue and Bermuda grass, both non-natives. The report said steers grazing a combination of tall fescue and Bermuda grass gained 1.6 pounds per day with a total beef yield of 513 pounds per acre. But cattle that grazed on switchgrass gained a full 2 pounds per day with a total beef yield of 749 pounds per acre. When they ate Bluestream, they gained nearly 2.4 pounds per day with a total beef yield of 653 pounds per acre. Here's today's He Said It. Farmers and ranchers work their butts off to feed the world and represent the best of America. I'm proud to stand up for them. I just wish this box actually had Wheaties in it. 
That's Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska on being honored as the National Association of Wheat Growers Wheat Leader of the Year Award. The winner gets a customized Wheaties box. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, February 21st. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.